Welcome to Coffee and Converse. I'm Diane and this is a show for lifestyle entrepreneurs, those people building a business to support their life instead of living to build a business. If this is you, stick around for strategies on doing business more efficiently, with more ease and in a way that feels oh so good to you. Hey, hey, today's guest, Erin Lindstrom, is a sales strategist and coach and the CEO and co-founder of a SaaS business. I don't think I've ever left one of Erin's calls without thinking more deeply about something that I already thought I was completely clear on before we talked. So we're going to dive into something she says at the beginning of every one of the calls, which is that you get to discern what's for you. But first, hey, Erin, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Diane. So let's do a quick little intro to you and your business. I am Erin Lindstrom. <laughs> we'll, start, we'll start there. So I'm Erin. I thought I you were going to stop strategist. there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the intro. Um, I like to breed excitement and mystery, but I'm a sales strategist, a coach. I am the CEO of my own company called Human Being Co. And I also am the co-founder and CEO of Let's Collect, which is a sales software company for entrepreneurs and creators. I do lots of different things. I train people how to be better with an asterisk next to better coaches. To me, what better means is really like making sure that you are helping people trust themselves more versus just getting them to do what you think is right. That's not coaching. That's abuse. And I also work with people to make more money because I think that good people doing good work should be able to have beautiful lives and Unfortunately, in this capitalistic patriarchal society, money is a part of that. So I get to experience you every week as part mm-hmm. of your SaaS company, Let's Collect. As one of the founding members, mm-hmm. I get a weekly call with you and you always start off every single one of those calls in the exact same way with the exact same instructions. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you would like to give those to the listener today before we start. Sure. And so this is like it's improvised every time, right? I'm pulling I'm pulling it out and through, but it's typically something like, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you showing up and I'm going to give advice today in a couple different ways. Like I am a coach, I am a strategist, I am a teacher. And so I will say things and I will do my best to tell you where it's coming from. And as you're listening, please take what you want and leave the rest. Anything I say, some things you might be like, oh my God, yes, today. Some things it might take a week. Some things in six years, you might be like, oh, I get it. And that's fine. And if you never get it, it's all good. But most importantly, like, listen to yourself over me. Your body knows and should be listened to. And ultimately, this is your business. So you are going to know things more than I do. With that, let's go. And just to be clear for the listener, those calls are pretty much anything goes, right? We talk about yeah. everything from hats to marketing. So whatever <laughs> whatever tickles us on that week. So, But it's always yeah. that same instruction. Now, for me, yeah. I have always been acutely aware of the coach and consultant vibe mm-hmm. because I tend much more towards the consultant strategy mm-hmm. end of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. I can do coaching. But it's mm-hmm. not my natural style because I get too excited and I, I want to mm-hmm. get to the answer. Let's talk about what those definitions are. So like coach, mentor, strategist, yeah. healer. Yeah. Let's just, or let's just get everybody on the same page before <laughs> we even start talking. Because I think okay. this is a complicated area for the online business space. Yeah, it's almost like a flower Venn diagram where they all have overlaps as well. But the number of times I've always been really specific about like strategist in my title and the number of times people have said, just say business coach because people know what that is. And I'm like, but it's not what I do. Yeah. And they're like, well, same, same. And I'm like, not really, not not really same, same. 
I completely agree with you. It, it's different. And I think it's really important when you're selling a specific program to know which version of you you're getting. You know what I mean? Because being with Diane, the coach might be different than getting Diane, the strategist, which is different than getting kind of a bit of both. And most of us, I think, are doing a combination of things. And it's helpful to have the language to say, this is what I'm doing today. And so people know your boundaries. Like if I'm not coaching and I'm just in advising mode, to me, a coach is going to help you figure out the answers for yourself, right? And really kind of explore. An advisor, a consultant is more going to tell you what they think based on their experience and how to. A teacher is going to show you the curriculum and help you experience it and like make it so that you think in the way the knowledge is being presented. Strategist to me is very much like reverse engineering what's happening. I definitely use strategy in everything that I'm doing. And a healer, I actually think all of those things. So I think as humans, we are healers. Right. Like as women, as we as just as humans, as people who listen to each other, if you think about, you know, a warm family environment or in your with your best friends, when you are heard and seen and accepted and loved, that to me is healing. So if you are doing that in any of your programs, I would say hmm, that's that's healing. You don't have to lead with that. You don't that doesn't mean you're sitting on a meditation pillow like it just means that like you are accepting people and that is helping them be more of themselves. So to me, that's actually the most important part of all of this. And then you layer on the way that like you think that can be helpful for someone to reach their goals. You said like the flower Venn diagram mm -hmm. at the beginning, which obviously mm -hmm. we're now going to have to draw. But the flower <laughs> Venn diagram, mm -hmm. who is responsible, in your opinion, mm -hmm. for clarifying those roles? Uh, in my mind, a coach mm -hmm. asks you questions and then you go, oh, it's this, 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 this. A consultant mm -hmm. or strategist asks you questions and then they go, oh, it's because of this, this and this. And that's how it connects. Right. So mm -hmm. it's kind of the different person gets the answer. Who is responsible in that relationship when I might be swapping between the two? Mm -hmm. I might have consulted, figured out the answer. And now I'm trying to guide you to how to improve, say, the relationship that's causing the problem as a more mm -hmm. of a coaching space. Is mm -hmm. it for me to say, hey, I'm going to swap now and now I'm going to be coaching you? Okay, now this is now I'm advising you. Now I'm coaching you. Or mm -hmm. is it more a responsibility to understand the kind of support that's coming at you and knowing when to listen? Great question. Yeah, I think it's actually a combination. So the way I would set it up is if you're going into a container and you know, as the facilitator of the container, you know what the container is for. So in the beginning, I think having an introduction is really important to get everyone on the same page. And that is where you can share, like, as you know, I blend different things. I am a strategist, I'm a consultant, and I'm a coach. So I'm going to use all of that if that's okay with you. Does that feel okay? And you get their consent, right? And then from there, it kind of sets you up so when you're flowing, you can naturally, like, it's not the hardest thing in the world to be like, oh, may I ask a coaching question? And then they, you're kind of getting micro consent as you go. So everyone's on the same page. Other times, I, sometimes I get very excited and I'll be like, oh, oh, I have an idea. Is it okay if I share it? And so I don't have to say, excuse me, I'm being the consultant now, but just being in my, <laughs> being in my humanness, right? Like I get excited. And so I will just share that. And they're like, oh my God, yes, please. Or hold on one second. I have an idea. And I'm like, oh my gosh, go first. You know what I mean? So it's natural and it's conversational and it's relational, but it's just having the awareness really to, I don't want to ever dim the light or shine whatever, paint with my color on top of my clients, their color, because their color is right for them. So I try to match it and think with them when I'm consulting and working on their things. But ultimately, it's their paintbrush, it's their paint. And if they want to dump glitter in it, then that's the best choice for them if that's what they want to do. 
I think from my personal perspective of mm -hmm. like being on the client side of mm -hmm. this kind of experience, that discernment about how I'm going to receive the information starts with me deciding what kind of support that I want. Yeah, that's a great point too. So I have different types of support. So I have 100% mm -hmm. the coaching person who I know is going to ask me the, qu the difficult questions mm -hmm. and it's going to be me having the aha. But often if I'm looking for something that is like, I will sit with myself and ask, do I, do I have something deeper here that I want to talk about? Or do I just want someone to tell me what the F to do for the next step, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I just move from here? Mm -hmm. And then how I respond to the information that I'm being given is different. How does a client in that situation where they are being supported in multiple different ways in one session mm -hmm. discern, yes, this is a yes for me in the advisory set. In the coaching, it's a bit easier because you're the one having the aha. But how do you decide which of somebody else's ahas are right for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, honestly, defaulting to your body is a big part of this because the excitement that you feel, the like, oh, the full body, yes, or the like, oh, I'm closing up as we're talking about this. Like, oh, I just kind of went into myself. And like, I, I can notice when I start, I call it turtling, <laughs> when I feel my head going into my shell and I'm like, mm, I don't want to do this anymore. So if I feel clearly like I don't want to do this anymore, then I think it's important as the client in that moment my hope is that the facilitator can see that and ask you about it. But also like personal responsibility, right? When you feel that being like, ooh, as we're talking about this, I actually just like felt myself kind of retract and all my excitement left. And then depending on the kind of container, container you're in, you either can explore that a bit or be like, all right, I'm going to take that to therapy. Thank you so much because I did <laughs> want all of this. You know what I mean? I do want to do this, but something in me is like really scared or, you know, just wants to go to sleep now instead. Wants to watch yeah. Netflix for three days instead of doing yeah. a piece of work, right? Yeah. And I think that to your point before too about people really knowing the kind of container they're going into and the kind of support, I think these are excellent questions to ask on sales calls. Because we all define them differently, knowing how the person's world or container that you're walking into, knowing how they define coaching and consulting and advising is really important. Ask that, whether it's to them or their salesperson. And then like you can ask examples too of questions that you might ask. Even what we just talked about. Let's say that I get in there and I'm looking at the curriculum and I feel like this isn't the right place. What would happen next? Is there support to walk me through it? Is it no problem? Here's your refund. Or is it a too bad, too sad, do it anyway vibe? And like the answers to those questions to me are interesting and important as well. And I think the more you talk to somebody who is a salesperson versus the person who'll be giving the support, whether that's you've got different coaches in the program or you've got different salespeople, I think those questions become much more important because the number of times I have bought something because I've had such a deep connection to the salesperson and then have then found myself in a program where that's not the way the, the main, I nearly said character, the main coach provides supports, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's gone from that much more coaching modality to a, like, this is how you need to do it. And yeah. anything else is your own stuff, right? Yes, and that's so hard <laughs> as a salesperson. You know what I mean? Like that is really, it's interesting because not, I think this is why it's so important for people to start asking themselves, what kind of coach are you? What kind of consultant are you to know your flavor? You know what I mean? So you can mm -hmm. hire the right salesperson who can 
exemplify and embody your way of doing things so that it is a natural progression for your clients versus them being sold a vibe and then getting in and having a different vibe with different boundaries. Like usually the things on earth are the same. It's the same curriculum. It's yes, it is a coaching call, but what that means to a different people can be different things. And so it's it's tricky to navigate, I think, especially in this world where a lot of group coaching programs are focused on scaling to make sure you're actually getting the vibe and the support in the way that's not harmful to you. Yeah. Yeah. And that you that you kind of know what you're stepping into, right? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things about like your like little intro that is like, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> Take what you need, leave what you don't. That mm-hmm. was surprising to me is honestly the fact that you need to say it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a person who I think has been through the ringer a number of times that, I mean, good luck to you telling me to do something that I don't want to do, right? (laughs) Yeah. But I wonder if this is coming as a legacy of the days of the less scrupulous, do as I say exactly the way I say it, or I'm kicking you out of the program, right? Are a lot of us still healing from that? And it, it kind of keeps us, I don't, I don't want to say necessarily like it's a trauma response, but almost like we're afraid to advocate for ourselves or to say, well, that doesn't work for me. What else have you got? Absolutely. I think that many of us, I mean, relationships and relationship dynamics are interesting. They affect us our entire lives. And typically, like the way that we are parented changes the way our brain works, right? As adults. So we then naturally go towards people who do similar or sometimes opposite of like the way we were parented, the way we were disciplined, the we want the same vibe or we want nothing like that vibe. Right. And so it makes sense that like a coaching relationship, someone is holding space for you. Someone is hopefully accepting you. Someone is supporting you. And like it does have crossover with parenting and how we were raised, whether we want it to or not. And not in like a codependent. Like that's the, the point is that this should be different than that. But also it does have similarities. And I think it's silly to pretend it doesn't. I don't want to be my client's moms. That's not what I'm doing. However, am I providing a supporting, nurturing environment for them to thrive? Hopefully. Is that similar to what a parent does? Hopefully. So like we kind of have to look at that, I think. And it's interesting how like if you didn't have a ton of structure growing up, like you might want a ton of structure now that might feel safe to you. Right. And we are looking for like safety in all of these environments. And if you had super structure, you might be like, hell no, I'm not following the rules. I need like a free form thing. And then we get into these containers and you see the rules and you're like, nope, bye. And then like the coach can call itself sabotage. You know what I mean? So we can name all these behaviors, different things. But ultimately, like there's more happening at the core. And I think that there's an element of like popularity and coolness that can happen in the online space too. We're like, oh my God, if, oh my God, yes. And if I join the container of someone that like, I think is really cool, I might not want to, right? Like now I'm thinking about relationships. And like, if I care more about her liking me than me getting the result I'm looking for and learning, I then contort to not ask those questions that I need asked or to even question the answers that are coming out. So I think it's important that as the facilitator, like I want people to question me in my spaces. Oh my gosh, if the day that I'm like, hi, I know everything, like, please, like get me (laughs) off of Zoom, take my computer away. Because how insane is it really to think that I know everything and that I would know better for someone else 
when like I can't feel what their body is feeling. I don't know their experiences. I don't know what's actually best for you. And I don't know what is, you know, there's truth and then there's truth deeper level. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it might be true that I want to launch this program, but it might be more true that I want to move to Costa Rica and raise my kids there and like have a farm. And for some, a lot of people, when we're in coaching envi- environments, what we're doing is starting to reveal more and more of the truth of ourselves. So I'm holding space for that and for everyone's exploration of what's true for them. And I always have to remind my clients too, like, you can change your mind. And I don't care if you don't want to launch this. And I don't care if you don't want to sell it. Like, I think it's possible. I think this is great. I think you have a way to do it. Let's see what comes up as you walk that journey. And ultimately, if you decide to burn down this business because you want to get a job, fucking great. If that's what makes you happy, let's do that. Yeah, I think it's so much about you being able to advocate for yourself in that situation. Mm -hmm. You know, like I have gone on calls with my coach and gone, look, I do not have time to break down today. I've got Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff on my plate, but Mm -hmm. I need to figure this out. So I'm going to need you to just point me in the direction of the answer. Yeah. Or give me like, like, give me something that's going to get me over this hump. And then we can come back another day and we can do the 40 minute deep dive into whatever resulted in this. But I think equally on the side of what you're saying, it's equally on the coach, consultant, strategist, whoever, Mm -hmm. to almost not be like bought into whether or not someone takes your advice. Oh, totally. Right. Right. It's none of my business. Like I want people to get the results, but I'm very upfront, like in my sales process too. And I think that's important. The same way I start the coaching calls, similar on a sales call, like, listen, here's what I have to give. I see this for you. I'm happy to support. May or may not work. Not promising you the money because like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if you'll turn the ship. You know what I mean? And so that clear co-creation, I think, is really important. And there's so much unlearning that's happening in this process when you are with a an advisor who does have self-awareness and you have self-awareness. I think the the ability to really change how we are and how we do things is huge. And it's been really fascinating watching my daughter, who's nine. She'll be nine in a couple of weeks, but navigate school and the amount of things that I question with her when she complains that like, I didn't I don't get a cupcake at the end of the week because I didn't finish all my stuff on time makes me so mad because we're creating this like achievement thing at the end where I'm like, are you trying? Cool. I don't care. Like we're not doing that. And why, you know, with a fundraiser at school, our teacher is telling us that like our class has to hit this goal. So then the kids have to come home and ask for money. And I'm like, this is ridiculous what we're doing here. And if you don't want to do this and if you don't you know, but she's sad that she can't go to the party or get the cupcake at the end of the week. And that's what we're all deprogramming from, too, or not all of us, but many of us who grew up in the United States and in a education system that really is here to support capitalism. So dealing with all of that, like I think most of us are now in containers where like we are used to just doing what we're told to be the good girl. And a lot of doing business in a way that is true to you is revolutionary. Yeah, I think it's so interesting to watch I never understand people who've like, I've had a coach full-time for two years. Mm-hmm. It, to me, I feel like if you, how can I explain this? It feels to me that the coach is doing something that's encouraging you to not grow, to not need them. Mm. Like I need you to stay and keep paying me. So I'm going to help you achieve, but you only get to achieve if you're involved with me. Totally. I see people who can't do a, a, a launch calculation on their own without running mm-hmm. it past their coach. They can't 
decide right. what Facebook ad to run without running it past their coach. They can't do something without swipe files. This real kind of like dependency. And I see mm-hmm. it a lot more, I'm sad to say, in female coach mm-hmm. and coachee relationships. If somebody is like experiencing that, yeah. or how do they identify that? And then how do they step away from it if it's no longer, I guess, safe for them, right? Because yeah. what are you going to do, 10 years with one person? Like, that's not growth. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. So I have been, here are the two questions I would ask. In the containers you're in right now, just to do like a check kind of check-in. One, do you feel like you could leave? And two, can you share constructive criticism about the leader in the container? And if the answer to either of those is no, it's like, okay, red flags are up. Um, A lot of times it's obvious in a way that's not obvious. So I had a coach uh, years ago who I remember we were in a mastermind, which P.S. I had absolutely fucking no business paying for in the place where I actually was in business. Total, total stretch beyond what I think is like that to me is harmful, stretching someone like that and kind of using the mind games of like, oh, yeah, did it like stop. And one of her things as we as she was re-upping the contracts for the whole mastermind was, oh, my God, it was like jokey, but it wasn't. You know, we do lifetime contracts here. <laughs> yes, of course, we'll stay together. Lifetime contracts. And I remember being like, oh, that's interesting. And then kind of like had, you know, side conversations and side conversations are important. Talk to people in your groups and not in a it's important to connect with people. Community is so important and powerful. Like that's one of the biggest parts of being in group environments and group coaching programs is who is in here that like is meant to be my friend or who can I support and how can they you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. community building is huge to me. And I I think a leader should be in support of that when the leader is scared that, oh, my God, they're going to be friends and they won't need me anymore. Like that's a bring it to therapy because that's great if people don't need you anymore. That's the point. Right. And it's not about you, the person. It's you, your curriculum and program. So really being able to like separate those things is very important. And I think on that community thing, Mm -hmm. it ties into can you leave? Right. Mm -hmm. Because some of that control about you not being able to leave is can you leave without Mm -hmm. being quote unquote shunned like you're going to lose all of those friends that you've made in the community Mm -hmm. because you've now gone well this doesn't work for me anymore absolutely and that that crosses over into team for me too especially when we're like contracting and doing done for you stuff or like when you're an employee if that's what it feels like as you're leaving I try to create both my coaching programs my peer mastermind and my like team I want everyone to know like you are valued I accept you I'm so glad you're here how can I support you and like when it's time to leave like great. Like, let's just have an honest conversation about it because I want to support you in the transition. And my hope is that like, it'll be supported on both sides. But like open door policy and, you know, in my peer mastermind, especially like we've been together for years. Right. And it's not because it's this tight, like you must be here. It's because the doors are open (laughs) and like you can go anytime you flow in and out. And like, My only ask is like, please just let us know, like if you're leaving, like, when will you be back? You know what I mean? So we have an idea or, hey, I'm not coming to calls for the next month because I'm in a launch. Love you. Bye. You know, what? it's just about communicating. And I prefer groups that are like that, where you can just be you and be accepted and you're not showing up or, or contorting yourself to hit the expectation of the group. Instead, the expectation is like, you know yourself best. Just please communicate with us. So we're on the same page. Yeah, I think it's almost like. If something feels wrong, mm-hmm. assume that something is wrong, not that something right. is wrong with you. Exactly. I, yes. As you said that, I was like, yes, it's <laughs> it's interesting. I, I have found this again, like on teams and contracting, like 
for a while, I was like, what is happening? Oh my gosh, I must need to like do some deeper therapy work. Why is this coming up? What is this? Da, 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 da. And then I finally left. And then afterwards and that unpacking is like, oh, that environment wasn't great. Oh, that leadership was actually harmful. But like I was so internalizing it, making about me not being good enough or not quite getting it or like maybe this just isn't for me. Like, oh, that's the environment, not you. Yeah. And not that I'm perfect either, like open to feedback. But it is interesting when you leave an environment and then you're like outside in nature and it's like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. Like I created so much chatter about that in my head. Yeah. Never know. I know that people are going to be listening to this now suddenly thinking like, oh, my goodness, like how do I show up for my people differently Mm -hmm. in this vibe? Mm -hmm. And I know that you have a fabulous resource specifically around sales that Mm -hmm. I have personally found very helpful, that I have personally, I'm just going to warn you, I have cried in the street listening to it. (laughs) So, you know, just like the first few episodes, you're just going to want to do those ones in private (laughs) and then you're safe. But do you want to tell everyone a little bit about that one? Totally. So Shiny Sales is a course that I actually created and sold. And then I was getting ready to launch it again. And then the pandemic hit. And I was like, forget it. This is free. Like, just give it to people because more than ever, like, whatever stopping us from being able to show up in confidence and sell with ease, like, needs to go away because, like, life isn't as simple. You know what I mean? It just felt important. So it is free. It is on my website. And it walks you through really two things. One is like actual strategic steps you can take in your sales process and showing up and messaging and marketing and all that jazz. And then on the other side of it, it really is more of the what do I believe about money and sales and how can I unpack this and kind of getting into the money mindset side of things and starting to unpack and reveal what's there so we can let go of it and create, you know, beautiful lives, whatever that means to each of us. Yes. And it is a podcast, so it's very easy to listen to. Mm-hmm. In public, as I said, mm-hmm. buyer beware. <laughs> I love that it comes with a warning. Oh my I, I am the coach. Like, I, we will laugh and cry together. Like that's just, yeah. Exactly. I can't remember what the what the question was. And I was on the way to the grocery store and it just hit me so hard. Um, not on a busy road or anything in full right. public view. But I'm so glad, yeah. Gentle I'll add a de- disclaimer. <laughs> little delicate, delicate sniffles, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I have been lucky enough to experience the Erin Magic in person as part of Let's Collect. So mm-hmm. we've mentioned that a couple of times. I just want to chat a little bit about how your sales and coaching approach has played into developing a software. Because yeah. I think that's a really interesting aspect of it that's quite different from most tools we've seen. Yeah, thank you. So I never in a million years would have said like, oh yeah, I'm going to create a software company. That was not in the books. And also I wouldn't have told you that sales would be like my thing either. But to me, sales is really more like sales is natural when you're just being you and like people want to work with you in different ways. Right. And so the way that we've thought about the software is because I'm in sales, I've been inside some of them, right? I've used Pipedrive, I've used HubSpot. And as the salesperson, I mean, when you get in there, it's all like, deals and then there's wins loss dollar signs red light green light one two three like and I it's just it's a little gross to be honest and like going in doesn't feel expensive it doesn't feel safe to me like because it brings up that like performance vibes of achievement and as a salesperson who I care more about people than money and so I think all people should have money but you know what I mean when I'm looking at sales and whenever I made 
contracts with people to support them in their sales, I'm very much like, I will only sell this to them if I really, truly think this is the right thing for them. And if they think that too, I am not convincing. I am not walking them through a path of manipulation. Like I hold people in their truth to the best of my ability and allow them to make the decision that's best for them. Do you think a sales software exists that does that too? No, it does not. It is all based on the get them to the end. Like, let's go win, lose. How do we get them? How do we get them faster? Yeah. How much are they worth? What's their lifetime value? Holy moly, like, please stop. It's disgusting. So, (laughs) so our version of this is, so let's collect. We did two things. Number one is we kind of like softened all of this. So instead of like funnels and getting people to the end, we're talking about journeys. This is a journey we're going on. And like you get to choose the destination. There might be turns. It's not going to be just get on the path and we're going. This is like you choose your adventure. And it is different. Instead of like gray and dark and drab, it is pink and purple. And (laughs) it is like light and it has affirmations that aren't get that money in. It's more like trust yourself. You know what I mean? And kind of like reframing like scarcity doesn't sell. If you're in that like really, oh my gosh, like we need to do this. Like if we're in that survival kind of vibe, that is harder to sell from than when you are in trust, right? Like control versus trust give you two different vibes. So the whole idea is that the software kind of gives you that. And I think for women, especially growing up in a society like this, typically, historically, it's been the man who's in charge of the money, right? We couldn't own property. We couldn't vote until after them and all of that jazz. So the unlearning I was talking about before is important. And I think a lot of times it feels like, and I'll speak for myself, like it doesn't feel like you belong in those spaces where it is the male dominated sales, ring the bell, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I want this to feel like you do belong. Like this is for us. This is for the softer creator who doesn't want to push, push, push. Like you can go and flow and have conversations. And that counts in your sales process. It's not just about, did you send them the opt-in? Did they get the quiz? Like, what was their answer? Like, flow. And the idea is that collect can actually show up and be that support system in the background to grab all of that data, to be the supportive structure that allows you then to show up around it and to really like be you versus having to be you and pay attention to all of the data and make sure you're in your Instagram and make sure you checked active campaign and don't forget your zap and da 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 like stop stop like let's just create a space where you can see your sales stuff you can feel good about selling and you have the space to like be you on top of that you're welcome here you're accepted and like we're here to support all of you regardless of what that looks like in your very specific offer or like which strategy you're following or which coach you're using their curriculum. Like, we don't care. Bring whatever's working for you, whatever feels good. And then let's talk about it and see what's working best and like figure this out together. And I guess it kind of role models that sales approach that your clients can have with their clients. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm here to support you. Is this, what else do you need? Do you want me to like pull in, I don't know, LinkedIn next. That seems to be the conversation that we keep having mm-hmm, in the group. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it's coming. But I think that's role modeling. It's everyone who then uses the software as well. Absolutely. To be like, here's how you can show up and support somebody in their journey. Yeah. And I just got chills as you said that, because I think it's really important, like the impact we can make. Like I teach a coach training program called Dynamic Coach Training. That's not going to be for everyone and that's okay. What excites me about Collect 2 is that like this is for all of us. Like if you're making money and you're committed to being yourself and like doing less harm and like want to have a consensual sales process and like want it to feel good and this is that for you, like great. 
There's so many more people. There's such a bigger community available here. And so to be able to say like, hey, can we support you with that? To me, it feels like amazing. And then to have, we have an amazing community. And so people showing up and getting to know them and knowing what people are doing in the world and having the conversations of like, oh, this is hard. That's why I do those calls is because like normalizing that and knowing that other people are going through it. Sometimes we can't get to the root of what's happening for us, but hearing someone else work through it is like, oh, a layer has been removed. And I think that's really the magic of this. And then there's just the magic of technology, which is like, oh, my God, this is so great because I was literally crying about spreadsheets before. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. the the community, I think it speaks volumes that so you have these calls once a week and it's usually a different crew every time. Some of us mm-hmm. turn up more often than others, but very often the people who are on the call are not actually there with some very specific. There's usually only one or two of us who've got like, a, OK, Aaron, what do you think about this kind of mm-hmm. question? And everyone else has just kind of come. To say hi and and, mm-hmm. and touch base because it is a really mm-hmm. cool group. Yeah. So I am very excited about it. We're and so excited to have you. It's exciting to also, I think, I don't know if we mentioned, did we mention that all three co-founders are female? No, we did not. And you know what? They're actually, funny story, the coach that I mentioned who was Lifetime, Lifetime Contracts, we met and left <laughs> that coach kind of together, like, you know, got what we needed and then moved on. Right. And we have stuck together in conscious friendship and business building that is very open door policy. You know what I mean? And so that trusting relationship, like it's that's what I think makes the way that we're leading so unique. Like we're able to talk to each other and have the real conversations and say what you really think. Like it truly is safe for each of us. And I know they would both say that. Otherwise, I definitely would not. But it's it's amazing. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. I'm going to make sure to link it in the show notes. You should grab it as soon as possible because prices will only go up once people realize (laughs) how bomb this piece of software is. I'm putting it here because I'm going to be able to say I told you so. If you come to me in like a year's time and go, oh, I wish I joined at the initial price. I really appreciate like it's so helpful. Like it's scary to do this. And so hearing when other people like believe in it and see in it and they're like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. This like this is the thing is so fascinating. So just thank you for the reflection. Oh, my pleasure. I'll be sure to like message you guys more often in the in the chat that you're all doing an amazing <laughs> job. <laughs> so to finish up, I would like to ask my guests the same two questions. The first mm-hmm. one is, what is your number one lifestyle boundary for your business? Ooh, wow. That's such an interesting thing to think about. So my business and I <laughs> don't have like a ton of rules. You know what I mean? Like, and it's very based on flow. But I think my number one boundary is really that like my body wins. You know what I mean? So if my body says no to business right now, like that's the answer. But I don't have strict rules. Like I will go to a beautiful place and like work because it really does light me up and like creating con. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing what I feel like is my life purpose. And so it's not clear lines for me. And I think there's room for that to shift more. And as I grow through and like as businesses grow, there will be different boundaries. But in this moment, what it all comes down to for me is like the body is the line. Like if we need a break, we take a break. There's no thinking through not taking a break. And I think one of the things I'm kind of working through, you know what I mean? Because have, not having any boundaries, I don't think is the answer either. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. work all the time because I love it. Like I can totally hear how like that's not it either. Yeah. But kind of finding that middle between the pendulum swings of like, I do work because I love it. And I something I'm working on right now is like, all right, what other ways can I have fun? 
because this is really fun for me. But like, how about we play a card game instead? And how about I go do a show at the theater because it's open again now? And like, that is a different kind of fun. We're like, my fun doesn't always have to be productive. And so I'm trying mm-hmm. to get better at wasting time right now because <laughs> I'm pretty efficient because I've had to be like yeah. a single mom with two kids growing a business, like needing to pay the bills. Like there wasn't really room for that. And luckily, I'm lucky that this has always been fun for me and felt fun for me. But I'm now looking to diversify my fun. <laughs> okay. I need to get a hobby. <laughs> yeah, I need some new hobbies. I laugh because one of the first pieces of advice my coach gave to me, and we still laugh about, and I will send her regular memes on, is she said, have you ever thought of getting a hobby? <laughs> I was like, what is this hobby thing that you speak of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Because even for me, even when I'm reading, like my number one, like strengths finder thing is like love of learning. So mm. even when I'm relaxing, mm-hmm. I love reading business books or, yeah, me you too. know, Harvard Business Review or whatever. Like, it's just fun for me. And people think I'm so weird, but I'm like, that's really interesting for me. So every now and then I have to be like, okay, what is a fun thing without any payoff? Me too. And it's like watching TV for me. I had to like, kind of work through that which is so silly but like I can hear my mom being like oh the idiot box turn it off and now I'm like no we get to just like watch a show because it's fun like I will watch Ted Lasso because I like it not because you know what I mean I don't need to learn anything and it's okay to turn off I don't think I knew that for a long time I would be yeah. like, oh, I'm wasting time. Oh, I'm crying. I'm very into Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I'm still watching it after 18 seasons, right? And it's like, oh my God, I'm stressed about these people. And I said this to my one of my coaches at one point, and I was like, I feel really bad. Like, I binged this whole thing. And she was like, great. Like, there's feelings in that, and you're processing feelings. And like, that is, you're not not doing anything, but also you can just be sad because you're watching a TV show and that's fine. You're not hurting anything else in your life. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I think it's been made such a like, oh, productivity. Don't do that. Get up, get up at 5 a.m. That like yeah. chilling feels wrong, but chilling's actually actually productive. But it's the cupcake thing with your daughter, right? Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. don't get all of this done, you don't get the cupcake. You have to earn right. your cupcake, which as an adult becomes TV time or time with friends or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you thought that question was hard, this one's going to be even harder. Great, let's go. What's the worst piece of cookie cutter advice you've been given as an entrepreneur? Raise your prices. High ticket. Raise your prices. Add a zero. Just double it. Like, no. I support high ticket sales. I sell high ticket. All of those things. Like, that's fine. But I think that there is a problematic piece to all of that where when we're just inflating prices because... Because why not? I think they can, they'll spend 24,000 for six months. You're not changing the value of what you're delivering. It's actually not that helpful. Like, I think that is terrible and that things do need to be grounded in reality. And like, access is important. So, like, raising your prices over and over again isn't the answer to having the life you love. You know what I mean? I think that is, can get misconstrued very quickly. And there's nothing wrong with raising your prices. I think it's just important to like think through it ethically and not yeah. just not just do it to do it. Sometimes doing it to do it in a in a let me think about this and see how it feels and then come back to the pricing conversation. That works. Like sometimes I tell my clients, OK, pretend it's triple. See how that feels. I'm not saying yeah. to go do it. I'm saying to think about it and feel into it. 
and then we can see what's coming up. And some people like, do need to add a zero. Like if you're selling like right, like right. like 12 weeks of support for 300 bucks, like please add a zero and maybe right. a little extra. And that's why the discernment piece of this is so important. It's like, check in with yourself. Where are you on this? Are you thinking yeah. through pricing ethically? Is Does it make sense? Are you, you know, being competitive in the market? Could this be more or less like really look at it and analyze it? I think that's something that's important to kind of like bring to. And then analyzing and like being with your mindset and your like body response and all of that is also information. But then you need to look at the full picture of all this information to make that next choice versus just simply adding the zero or adding two zeros or whatever. Well, this has been a very fun conversation, which I knew it would be. I appreciate you so much. Where is the best place on the socials for everyone to carry on this conversation with you? Because I know you're going to get some stories. Love it. Yeah. So Instagram is my favorite place to hang out. I'm at Erin Lindstrom. And then Collect is on there too at Let's Collect Co. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was great. Loved it. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review.